The most striking word at the beginning of Psalm 23 is the personal pronoun my, which is the first of 28 personal pronouns throughout the entire psalm. The sheer number of personal pronouns made William Evans observe that Psalm 23 is both universal and individual. David did not say the Lord is a shepherd, suggesting he is one among many co-equal shepherds. Politically correct people would have loved David for that. He could have said the Lord is the shepherd. Although the word the is theologically correct, it falls short of the deeply personal relationship David forged with God throughout his life. Instead, David settled comfortably on the Lord is my shepherd, which begs the question, is he your shepherd? I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. Psalm 23 is one of the most famous chapters in all the Bible. Dr. Ron Jones takes you there next in today's edition of Something Good. Hi, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for stopping by. Well, you may have already read Psalm 23 dozens of times, might have even memorized it. But did you know that Psalm 23 is the second of a trio of psalms that form one complete unit? Stay with us now to learn more as Ron moves forward in his teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me living the good life with the Good Shepherd. Or visit somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the broadcast on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message. Satisfaction guaranteed. Well, Psalm 23, of course, is among uh, the best loved chapters in the Bible. If I were to ask you what your favorite chapter is in the Bible, I, I suspect that Psalm 23 would be pretty close to uh, the top of the list there. Of course, it's, um, it's only six verses, and it's actually shorter than Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, which was 272 words, and historians tell us that the president delivered it in less than two minutes. You can actually read or maybe recite from memory Psalm 23 in less than 60 seconds which we did just a few minutes ago. However, this is a psalm that will nurture your heart for a lifetime if you let it. And some people uh, even have it recited and read at the end of their life, at a funeral or uh, a remembrance of someone. The shepherd's song stands alone among the classics in poetic literature. Uh, even outside of uh, uh, Christianity, when you just look at, at literature in, in and of itself, uh, the world marvels at the poetic brilliance of Psalm chapter 23. But this song makes its way into our hearts not because scholars praise it. Uh, we love it because every word of it, all 55 of the words in the original Hebrew language, every word of it points us to the way or a way the shepherd of our soul, well, satisfies us. I've titled this morning's message, The Good Shepherd satisfies me because we're looking at just verse one where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And here's the broad implication of that. I shall not want. Now, Psalm 23 is more personal than scholarly. That's why I titled the series, 
uh, Psalm 23 and me. I, I want us to really capture the, the personal and individual nature of this psalm. King David probably penned this psalm in the twilight years of his life, drawing upon his experience as a young lad caring for his father's sheep, which if you remember from that story in the Old Testament, was something for which his brothers despised him. Oh, David and his sheep. But David in his early years um, shepherded his father's sheep. Shepherds were not respected in uh, uh, the, the society there in the community. Drudgery probably describes their work. Uh, shepherds were kind of low on the, on the uh, economic totem pole and the class totem pole in that society. However, it was that childhood experience with David shepherding his father's sheep that gave him the ability to write some of the most exquisite poetry in all of literature and certainly found in the inspired pages of Scripture. And David's experience also reminds us that God himself never wastes an experience. Pastor Robert Morgan, I think, had this in mind, reflecting upon Psalm 23. He said, the profession of shepherding became a classroom for the crown. It was God's apprenticeship for kingship. In loving his sheep, David learned to care for his people. While protecting his flock, David was preparing to guard his nation. As he led his animals from pasture to pasture, he acquired the skills of leading men and guiding armies. No experiences were lost as the fields of Bethlehem became a laboratory for leadership. That's important context to remember as we, as we dive into uh, this much-loved psalm, Psalm 23. Now, it's no accident that in the book of Psalms, Psalm 23 appears between Psalm 22 and Psalm 24. Now, that's an insight into Scripture, isn't it? But there, there really is a broader context to understand here. They form a trilogy of prophetic hymns that address different aspects of Messiah's ministry. For example, Psalm 22 points to the death of Christ the Messiah to come. Verse 1 begins with words that we hear in the Gospels, falling from the lips of Jesus while he's on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Where did he get that? From Psalm 22 and verse 1. And so Psalm 22, which is prior to Psalm 23, uh, we have Jesus who is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And then on the other end of this uh, broader context, we have Psalm 24, which crescendos with a, a triumphant Christ returning to this earth at the end of the age. Here the psalmist has the chief shepherd in mind when he writes, Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And then, of course, you have Psalm 23 that uh, sits in the middle of the triad and points us to the shepherd of our souls who loves his sheep and leads his sheep and feeds his sheep and protects his sheep. Another way to picture these three psalms in, this, in the book of Psalms is in Psalm 22, you have Mount Calvary. Uh, Jesus, the shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. In Psalm 24, Mount Zion, uh, the, the coming of the King of Kings, and our chief shepherd at the end of the age. But in Psalm 23, in the middle of that, you have the valley of the shadow of death. Oh, toss in some green pastures and some still waters, and you get the broader picture there. It's a, it's a beautiful scene to capture before we dive into the specifics of Psalm 23. Get that picture firmly in your mind. 
Now, verse 1 sets up the rest of the psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, David says. I shall not want. I love the way various Bible translations and paraphrases of Scripture render verse 1. For example, the New International Version of the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. The Good News Translation says, The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And then uh, Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the scripture called the message, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. What a place to get to in life where the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. (laughs) I have everything I need. I shall not lack. I don't want anything because I am completely satisfied in the Lord who is my shepherd. Uh, Let's uh, take verse one and kind of break it down into some words and phrases. And uh, you you kind of go through Psalm 23 like you eat dark chocolate, just a little bite at a time, savoring each word and uh, each bite. Don't don't rush through through it too quickly because you might miss some things. So let's begin with the first five words of the psalm where David says, the Lord is my shepherd. In fact, really the first three words, the Lord is. Uh, David chose the name Yahweh, translated Lord in your Bible, to begin the description of his good life with the good shepherd. Now there are many names by which God uh, reveals himself in scripture and that's, that's a wonderful study in and of itself and I hope to get around to that one day, getting to know God by name, the many names by which he reveals himself. But by the Holy Spirit and his inspiration, David chose the name Yahweh. The Lord, Yahweh, is my shepherd. This name for God was so respected by the Jews that only the high priest spoke of it aloud and only on the annual day of atonement and only when he entered into the holy of holies in the temple would they even dare to speak God's name, Yahweh. What does God's name mean? Well, Yahweh, the best translation is, I am who I am. Do you remember when Moses met the Lord at the burning bush? And Moses said, you want me to go back to the Israelites and tell them, tell Pharaoh to let my people go? Who am I to tell them sent me? And of all the names that God could have revealed himself uh, by by to uh, Moses, he said, tell them I am who I am sent you. No, not uh, Sam I am, green eggs and ham. No, this was the Lord God of heaven and earth revealing himself. I am who I am. This is the proper name for God, and it speaks of, listen to this, His power and all-sufficiency. He's the all-sufficient one. God depends on no one other than Himself. And the Lord God of heaven and earth, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the cause. He's the effect. He's the one who knows your every need, and He not only knows your need, but he has more than sufficient supplies to supply your need. He's the all-sufficient one. No wonder David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. I have a relationship with the all-sufficient one. Now David had lived long enough, no doubt, to know that he was not Yahweh. There was no mistaking the king 
of thinking that he was God, that he was the all-sufficient one. In fact, David was personally insufficient and at times a complete failure. Uh, we know King David as the celebrated king, a warrior, a shepherd when he was a boy, a poet, a, a musician, a fundraiser, an administrator, but he was also an adulterer and a murderer who covered up his sin. The, the story of David is, is notorious in so many ways. He had moments of glory, but feet of clay, we might say. David needed a divine shepherd as much as, as any of his father's dumb, directionless, and uh, defenseless sheep did. He knew he was not Yahweh. And any sense of satisfaction in, in his life came not from himself. Make no mistake about that. It came because he had a relationship with Yahweh, the all-sufficient one, the all-powerful one, the one in whom there are no limits, the one who depends on no one and nothing else to satisfy himself. God is perfectly satisfied within his own sphere, even of the Trinity, the Father, the, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Still ahead, the second half of today's message with Dr. Ron Jones. Need prayer today? Visit somethinggoodradio.org to share your request, and our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer. Use the Explore option at the top of the homepage and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You icon. While you're there, visit the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of video and audio teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. Search the streaming library by scripture or topic to find answers to your Bible questions and grow in your Christian faith. Again, that web address is somethinggoodradio.org. Our relationship with the Good Shepherd has a past as well as a future, but it also has a right now. And living in the now is a critical part of our Christian lives. With the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Satisfaction Guaranteed, here's Dr. Ron Jones. David also used the word is. I don't mean to get too technical here, but the Lord is my shepherd. Is is the present tense of the verb to be. Uh, the king did not write, the Lord was my shepherd, as though, you know, I had a relationship with him sometime in the past, but the past is the past. He didn't say, the Lord will be my shepherd, as though he's hanging on for hope that maybe he might show up one day and be a shepherd to me. No, David wrote, the Lord is my shepherd, meaning he's a present reality. You know, sometimes our, our faith and our Christianity gets too wrapped up in the sweet by and by. And, um, but but we, we don't know the Lord in our present reality and in our present circumstances. Sometimes we can become so heavenly minded that there's no earthly good, right? But in this case, David, you know, anchors our feet uh, to, to the dirt, to this world to the present reality that we're in. Sometimes our Christianity is so uh, much in the past that uh, we, we, we don't know how to bring it into the present reality. It's lost somewhere in history, a history that we can't relate to. Well, the good news is Christianity and our faith is rooted in real history. It's not uh, Alice in Wonderland and fantasy land. No, you can travel with us to Israel. I'll take you to the places where this... 
this rabbi named Jesus actually was. He, he, he's not just some figment of somebody's imagination. Our, our, our faith is rooted in, in real history, but it's not lost there. It's a, it's a present reality. The writer of Hebrews said it this way, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Psalm 23 uh, roots our understanding of our faith in, in the present. Psalm 20, 22 might be uh, yesterday to us. Uh, Psalm 24, uh, the chief shepherd who is to come at the end of the age, maybe that's forever, but he's the same today as he was yesterday and forever. And that's the present reality that David was in. The Lord is. He is. This all-sufficient one is all-sufficient for the present reality you're facing today and that I'm facing today. He's as modern as tomorrow's newspaper, and more so. He's the ancient of days, but he's the present reality in any generation. The Lord is. And then David goes on to say, my shepherd. Uh, These are really amazing words that the Holy Spirit led him to write. I think the most striking word in verse 1 is the personal pronoun, my. And by the way, strap on your seatbelts for this. It's the first of 28 personal pronouns in six verses. That's why I titled the series Psalm 23 and Me. Uh, The sheer number of personal pronouns made uh, William Evans a writer and a pastor from a previous generation observed that Psalm 23 is both universal and individual. Oh, it's as universal as, you know, the best loved psalm of uh, any generation in, uh, of, of any uh, follower of Jesus Christ. It's as universal as the, the poetic praise that it gets among uh, people of literature. But it's as individual and as personal as the pronoun My. David did not say the Lord is a shepherd, like he is uh, uh, one among many co-equal shepherds. That would have pleased the politically correct police, wouldn't it? Yeah, Jesus is one of, he's a shepherd, but he's, he's, you know, one among many shepherds you can choose to follow in life. He didn't say that. He didn't say the Lord is the shepherd, although that would be theologically correct. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. Try that one on for size. But David didn't go there. The Holy Spirit didn't lead him there to say, the Lord is the shepherd, as correct as that might be. Because the falls short of the deeply personal relationship that David forged with God throughout his life. He settled comfortably on the Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. And that little word, that personal pronoun, my, begs the question, is he your shepherd? Do you have a personal relationship with the God of the Bible who has revealed himself to us in the person of Jesus Christ? Do you know him personally or do you just know about God? You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. He also said in John chapter 17 and verse 3, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That word know 
is very intimate and very personal. It's not a knowing about somebody. It's knowing them personally. Do you have a personal relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ? You know, the past week or so, uh, the British people and really the world have been mourning the loss of uh, Queen Elizabeth II, uh, the reigning monarch in, uh, in England for 70 years, the longest reigning monarch. What, what a reign she had. And we were in London just a, a few weeks ago, and Catherine and I have been glued to the television watching all the royal remembrances, and we're saying, oh, we were right there, we were standing right there, like Westminster Hall where she's lying in state right now. We were there just, I don't know, 10 days ago. We knew the queen was not doing well, and she was in Balmoral. Wasn't sure whether she would pass away during our time there, but I, I remember walking out of Westminster Hall, kind of looking toward the center and thinking, soon she's gonna be lying in state there. It's been an amazing time. I, I've, I've been, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a royal watcher. I'd love to be a royal watcher. I actually get paid to report on it. I'm fascinated by the history. And uh, so fascinated that I ordered a, a book titled The Faith of Queen Elizabeth. And I'm, I'm just starting it. I'm working my way through. And I, but I, I, I've been there. I've walked through some of the palaces and uh, experienced some of the, uh, uh, the royal history and all of that. But at best... I just know about her. The best I can do is know about her from a historical perspective. And I'm afraid that too many of us as, 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 as faith followers and some wannabe Christians are that way. You know about God. You know about Jesus. But you don't know him personally. Is Jesus your personal shepherd today? He can be, and he wants to be. 2 Peter 3, 9 tells us that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to the knowledge of repentance. Thanks for being here with us for this Wednesday edition of Something Good. Today's message is part of Ron Jones' teaching series, Psalm 23 and Me, Living the Good Life with the Good Shepherd. Look for it under the library tab at somethinggoodradio.org. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it, it can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. The two-volume set covers the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, is now available as a two-volume set covering the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. For a gift of $50 or more, request your copy of the set. When you order the print books, you will also get unlimited access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. 
to order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volumes 1 and 2, through the Old and New Testaments, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Such a great addition to any home library. That's The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Request your copy of both volumes today at somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with a preview of tomorrow's message. Solomon took out his pen and wrote Ecclesiastes and he said, I tried and I tried and I tried and I tried to find satisfaction in all the things that my money could buy and all the women that I could, you know, coalesce and all the projects that I could build and I can't get no satisfaction. And so he concludes in chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes that here's the summation of life. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's where you'll find satisfaction. That's tomorrow as Ron shares part two of his message, Satisfaction Guaranteed. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and all of us here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.